1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining
2: Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. Happy Wednesday to you all right here on Wrestling with Freddie. And you get story time with Uncle FP. And today, I'm dedicating the entire episode to one man. One fine man. One fine American wrestling man who has the worst name in the history of professional wrestling. Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddy, Freddy Prince Jr. The amazing Dolph. Ziggler. I was there when they rebranded him from Nikki to Dolph and we're going to get into all of that today and everything that he's accomplished and I love the dude so this is going to be an ode to the Ziggs. So I'm going to take you back way back to the year 2008. I was a young man with far less gray hair. I had already been at WWE long enough that I had I had earned a couple stripes. I had I had made a couple bones so to speak. And they were going to bring this guy up from FCW who they once knew as Nicky from the Spirit Squad. And the Spirit Squad was just a group that took a whole bunch of bumps for whoever the babyface was and it would make the babyface look great cuz they just beat up like five guys and and he would take huge bumps like he would sell crazy and still does to this day second to like Mr. Perfect as far as his ability to to sell in that style. Brian Gewertz was going to was sitting in front of the entire production meeting. This is before a Monday Night Raw and so it's it's Gewertz, it's Kevin Dunn off on the side, Vince in between them and, and maybe Bruce Pritchard was there. I feel like there were four people up front and the rest of us are all in in the uh, by the tables all sitting in a group waiting for the meeting to be over because they were three, four hours long right, during, during this time period. They talk about the debut of this new character and they want to give him a name. They haven't even come up with the name yet. There's been no discussion. It's the night he's going to debut and they're just throwing any old name out. Any old, whatever they put on their, their list in those moments are the names they're throwing out. So no thought, zero, zero thought has been put into this. This was the same thing they did to Jake Hager. And I think he was a character named Jack Swagger. And they were like, well, Jimmy Swagger, that sounded cool. We'll call him Jack Swagger. And I put my hand up. I was like, that name sucks, and we shouldn't do that. And I was not hurt. <laughs> Nor were my ideas appreciated or, or wanted. I'm sure they were worse. I don't remember what they were. So Brian, who I love, he throws out the name. I I think he almost wanted to start with Dolph Diggler, like Dirk Diggler. And it was Dolph Diggler. And my head almost hit the table, the way he would snap a pencil in frustration whenever Vince would make him rewrite a show the day of a show, because that's always a good idea to do. That, that was my feeling. I, I finally experienced the pain that Brian was experiencing, only it was now because of him. And sometimes the company would do this. They would rib themselves without even knowing they're ribbing themselves. And it was always something to me that that made him struggle with credibility at times because it was I'm sitting there and I'm hearing this name Dolph Diggler. And I, I remember saying this, I said, who's gonna take that seriously? Who's gonna take that seriously? And it wasn't he wasn't gonna be a comedic style wrestler. It, he was a serious athlete who could friggin move. And and he was going to be billed as a, as a heel. So I'm confused. I say, yo, we can't do that. And I straight up say, we're basically rip, ripping off Boogie Nights with Dirk Diggler, which was a movie Vince had never seen. And uh, so he didn't even acknowledge that. But they go, OK, we, we won't do that. And so I don't know if it was Brian. I don't know if it was Vince. I don't know who the final say was. You'll have to accost them digitally to find out. But someone says, well, what about Dolph Ziggler? And again, um, that, no, that name sucks. You can't, you cannot do that. This name sucks. What are your ideas? I don't know. I'm probably throwing anything out there. John friggin' Wayne. I mean, anything. Just don't, Sean Wayne. How about Sean Wayne? If you're going to do Dolph Diggler. So it was not a long argument. I lost quickly. I guess my punishment for fighting the good fight was I was assigned the segment to direct the, the or produce they call it the first time we're ever going to meet this w- wonderfully named wrestler superstar Dolph Ziggler. So I get the segment, and Vince tells me what it's going to be, and he says he's just going to introduce himself. I said, "What do you?" Mean? I'm, I'm laughing. I said, "What do you? What do you mean? What? What is he? What do you mean? He's just going to introduce himself? That every every week he's just going to come up." He's going to say, hey, Dolph Ziggler, he's going to shake his hand. I go, what are you, what are you talking about? We're not going to just do that. That's a really short segment. We won't even get on, you know, it's not, it's not worthy to get on television. He goes, no, no, no. He'll always be interrupting people in conversation. I go, all right, so you want me to have a couple backstage talent having a conversation. He's going to come up, interrupt them, introduce himself, and then walk away. And I I pitch it like that, which is a pitch off his pitch. And he laughs as if this, as if my idea was good. It was not good. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. So now I'm sitting here. This is an unsavable segment as far as what I'm capable of doing. There's nothing I can do to make the name work. There's nothing I can do to make the character work because I'm not given any freedom with who this man is, where he came from, what motivates him all the things that make you say the stuff that's going to make you a healer, a baby face, all the words that you're going to use in a promo, because I get the promo of, Hey, Dolph Ziggler.
2: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
3: I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. I go up to Nick and I, I kind of lay it out there and he's all for it, man. He's game. He's down for whatever. He's hyped to be on the main roster. He's glad to be rid of the, the Nikki gimmick from the spirit squad, I'm sure he wasn't stoked on the name either. We spent as little time speaking about it as possible because I I knew I certainly wasn't comfortable with it and I didn't want to make him any less comfortable with it. So I said, "Look, you know, we got to just sort of commit to this and 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 go all in and it's one line so at least you don't have to worry about forgetting anything, right?" And he's like, and he's cool, man. He's game. Like, he started coming to the to the acting workshops right after that, which we'll get into after this. So the first one we do, they had a girl, and she would come out, and she would sing so poorly that the crowd would start booing and screaming, please, anyone, just shut this woman up. And then the babyface wrestler would come out and slam her to the ground and shut her up, and the crowd would go, yeah, you saved our eardrums, right? Very old school. Now in real life, the girl can actually sing, like she's got pipes. So she has to make herself sing crappy, to to pull this gimmick off week after week after week for as long as she was there. And this gimmick worked for her for for quite some time. So I have her speaking to Jamie Noble. To know Jamie Noble for ten minutes is to love this dude. He f- was a professional wrestler. He's an agent now, meaning he helps he helps choreograph the matches he helps place the story within the choreography so that they're actually, they're telling you a story while fighting. And when I say that, I mean things like he's working on the leg. He's, he's hitting him with leg kicks. When the wrestler's down, he's stomping on the leg and he's, his focus is there one because maybe the guy's got a knee brace on or two, his submission hold is some sort of knee bar or figure four leg lock, or ankle hook, heel hook, something like that, where the knee's going to give. So he's softening it up. And that's the story that they're telling in the ring. So that's what Jamie would do. And he would try to sneakily implement little MMA things and successfully did so when he was there, even though Vince hated that stuff. Jamie found like slick ways to get it in. And it always looked great when when Jamie was involved. But at this point in time, he was a wrestler who wasn't going to get another run, but always gave you a solid match and was like people respected him. All the wrestlers respected him. And I could see that instantly. So he could talk on the mic a bit. If you knew him from the old days, he came off as this like crazy, tough, like little man's complex firecracker from West Virginia. And I had him talking to Jillian. I think he was like maybe throwing some game at her or something like that. And she was singing. And all of a sudden, here comes Dolph. I have him basically like in a two shot that's off on the side, like from a Japanese horror film, basically, so that we can pan off a little bit camera left, which would be what the actors would see as the right side. And that's going to reveal Dolph. And then I'm going to let Dolph's movement, bring the camera back to Jamie and Jillian, right? I'm doing like everything I can to make this have some like, Ounce of, of quality. Like, what, what can I do? I can't write anything here. Anyway, Dolph leads back into the two shot, which now becomes a three. And it's it. they're cowboyed, which means it's at their at their waists. And he just comes up and interrupts them. He says, hey, Dolph Ziggler. Shakes his hand. And he walks away. And, and Noble just goes, looks at him. I think he says, like, I know who you are. Or something like that. I don't remember. I've been trying to delete this and he storms off and we get the the segment approved i had to get i had to get uh, i had to get approval for a segment that had two lines i had to get approval for a segment that had two frigging lines it's not embarrassing it is infuriating so it gets approved and the uh like the backstage producer the one who's in charge of of wrangling your crew and uh and getting your tape to the truck i'm not going to throw him under the bus and and put his name out there but i say hey you got it you got the segment he goes yeah we got it it never gets to the truck and i found out later that it was on purpose this guy was like trying to sandbag me a lot but it never gets to the truck the segment doesn't air and i'm catching heat and i'm told by one of the guys that works with this one gentleman in particular who tried to sandbag me, he said, no, it's the, it's the writer's job to get the, to get the tape to the truck. I go, that's ridiculous. It, that is the last responsibility that is the writer's job that has nothing to do with the writer's job. And that's 100% your job. What the hell? And then they kind of blew it off and they're like, Oh, well, it, it got lost, man. It just got lost. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a completely different story. So what the hell, man? Why am I getting lied to? I don't have time to just scream at everybody that needs to get screamed at because the show's over. Vince is yelling at me. I got to get in the damn limo and fly to the next city with him. So I don't even like get my, my chance at the equal and opposite reaction. I only get the action right? and it's all on me. Okay, It's like throwing a rubber ball into a wall and has to take all that energy from the wall that, you know, hurts the poor little ball. And instead of getting to reverse that energy, you just stuck in the wall, right? And the wall is Vince's jet, and it's not big enough to get away from him. So I just have to hear, you know, what the hell? You ruined this, you ruined that. I'm like, how did I – The the one person that can't possibly be, the two people that can't possibly be responsible for this getting ruined is Dolph and me. Like, what the hell are you talking about? So the week goes by. They miraculously find the the tape. Oh, oh, they found it the next week. And now it's going to go in. So they tried to even get me to reshoot it. I was like, no, we have it. Just air it. And uh, I was, I, oh, I was so mad. So they air it, and it's the first time you see Dolph, and he goes in and and he does his Dolph Ziggler thing. And I remember sitting there going, "He's dead before his career even got started." Like that's that's crazy. Like this, you, we can't do business like this. So flash forward now, a couple of months. He's done the introduction thing over and over and over again. He's had a few matches, and he. The dude is good real good he starts coming into like the acting workshop because he knew a lot of the young cats that were in there he was he was within that that group the Mises and all all those guys and cardonas and all that he used to pull some pretty great pranks on cardona (laughs) but uh so he starts coming in there and he's doing scenes from bad boys to soap dish to clue all the way to malice with alec baldwin and he does the speech the monologue the promo that was famous in that movie where alec baldwin is like i am board certified in 57 of 50 states when you see that mother praying to god who do you think she's praying to and then he ends it with you think i have you well i don't remember the line exactly it was like you asked me if i have a god complex i am god and it's so overdramatic, but it's Alec Baldwin. So when he commits to it, it works, right? Dolph says, I wanna, I wanna try that that monologue. And he friggin' kills it. He friggin' kills it. So I don't know, 10 years later, I'm way out of the company, and this fool posts that exact promo on Instagram in black and white. And he just, I mean, nails it. This dude's had it in his head. Sorry for ratting you out. But he's had it in his head for 10 years, just rolling it around. How many different ways can you do it in 10 years? I don't even know. And he just kill you could see it on his Instagram if you probably scroll way down. And he just kills it. And then I start watching the storyline they have for him with him and Miz, where he's going to straight leave the business if Miz can beat him. And the promos he's putting out are high level. Pro- and I'm sitting there like, Dude, what the, this guy is killing it. And at this point he's become one of the more respected wrestlers in the, in the world. Like wrestling magazines had him as like a top 10 dude at one point, most improved hottest wrestler coming up. Like all these magazines had love for him and I'm sitting there, you know, 10 years removed from the company and there's people out there screaming Dolph Ziggler. There's people out there with Dolph Ziggler signs, with DZ signs, with all these girls out there with hearts and DZ. I love you, marry me, take me to the prom, take me at take me some, take me anywhere, Dolph. And he got so over with the worst name in wrestling that the name became special. And You just naturally call the guy Dolph, and it doesn't feel weird, and it doesn't sound weird. I put him as a character in my Super Mega Baseball 3 baseball game, except I don't do gimmick infringements, so his name is Zolf Diggler, not Dolph Ziggler, because we don't rob people's creativity on my Xbox. But anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this man's work. And let me tell you something. If you don't watch wrestling, just YouTube Dolph Ziggler's greatest matches or Dolph Ziggler's best moments. This dude's work is so clean, so clean. And he comes off like a new school Mr. Perfect, right? Which I feel had to be a huge influence on him because he sells, meaning when he takes damage from his opponent, he sells very much like, I mean, almost identical to to Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hannock. rest in peace. For those who don't know, everybody listening knows, I know you. (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: His promos caught up to his wrestling but his wrestling was so amazing and I remember the moment I remember the exact moment when he was going to become world heavyweight champion because I was friggin in gorilla when it happened so check this out we get to it was a it was a Friday night or Smackdown was on Thursdays then but we all recognize it as as Friday night Smackdown now and we shot it on Tuesdays it wasn't a live show so it was the show no one cared about the, the, the child that the parents neglect the show was the scripts weren't even read till the day of the show. And it's not because the scripts were late. They were, they got in the same day as Raw's. It just, no one cared about it. It was this secondary licensed show that was like, well, we can just put it on this network. We can put it on that network. We can, we'll never move raw, but we can move this show anywhere. Whoever's going to give us the biggest check. And they would just do one year licensing deals to to the best of my memory, I think that's what they would do. Maybe it was two years. Yeah, I think it was two years, and no one cared. It sucked. It was one of the reasons why. When I think I said this in another episode, when I came back the second time, Stephanie told me she was disappointed that I that I left the the first time I left, and that she was getting they were getting ready to to give me Smackdown to run the show. And whether this is true or not, this is what this is what she said. And I remember in my head thinking like. I would have quit even sooner. Like, no, who wants that job? You don't care about that show. It's like a developmental place for for people to get over and then you pluck them and and put them on the live show. So it was, that's what we were going through. And I had a lot more time to do my promo class on Tuesdays than on Mondays, because again, they just didn't care. So I got a lot more time with the talent. And Ziggler would be in there all the time. And I'm telling you, man, like he was doing two-person scenes, one-person monologues. He was trying stuff that other people wouldn't try. And he would grow, man. He was growing. But nobody would give him the big promo. They gave him a mouthpiece. They gave him Vicky Guerrero. And Vicky is a staple and a foundational piece for a lot of Latino fans and fans in general because of the connection with Eddie who everybody loved, no matter who you were, where you were. Nobody ever goes, man, Eddie Guerrero wasn't that good. Like, that sentence has never been uttered outside right now in pure jest. And if I ever hear anyone say it, I will ridicule them into oblivion. So she had a lot of credibility. Chavo then came with that. And they were sort of the mouthpieces for Dolph in the, in the early goings. Every once in a while, he would get to speak a little bit, maybe on the road in the house shows. He was getting more opportunities because there's no cameras there, and that's a good place to experiment. But to my knowledge, and and while I was there, it just wasn't – he didn't get that much to say. So he's going to wrestle Edge, and I have the next segment after the match. It's like an in-ring thing with with Santino um, Morella and I think Kozlov, who is this big Russian dude, who was like a legit tough guy from Eastern Europe. I don't know if he was Russian, but like Eastern Europe where – you would say things like, hey, man, hey, Kozlov, I bet you broke a lot of arms over there. People owed money, and he'd be like, no, come on, don't joke, don't joke. And you'd be like, oh, oh, oh shit, he actually, he's actually busting arms over. My bad, bro. Hey, Kozlov, I love you, man. Watch this Richard Pryor tape with me. I loved Kozlov. He was, he was great, but he lived a real life. So... Anyway, I had that bit, and it was like a comedy bit because Santino was in it, and he always killed. You didn't have to write for Santino; we did, but anything he wanted to change, unless Vince said no, he would just change and crush it, and it was always way better. I'm in there waiting to go, and they're doing the big finish, and they probably had a good 18 minute match, something like that. Edge gets the win, and he comes backstage. Ziggles is still uh, selling in the ring, you know from the from the spears. Oh God, I got speared! and edge comes back in and he looks at vince and vince goes well and edge goes yeah man that kid can work he called him a kid he goes yeah that kid can work and vince goes he's good and edge goes yeah man he's real good and he walked out and i was like holy crap dude like that was that's a big that's a big big deal for a top guy a to just say yeah i'll wrestle this dude on tv Even though he's going to get the win, he's still got to, it's a, let's see what you got. So he's got to let Dolph get some, get some action on him. Right. So a lot of guys wouldn't do it, but edge and, and like movies and stuff, he's credited as I think Adam Copeland um, is this humongous Canadian Viking dude. He's like six, six, super handsome. He's got the beard, the Viking beard, the Viking hair. He's not like a big fat wrestler. He'd be like, I don't know if Eric, the red was sexy. But if he was, that's Edge, right? So he's not in a position where he has to do this. He's just a good Canadian, awesome dude. Gives this match, then puts him over with the boss, goes backstage. Then I see Dolph, and I think Vicky was with him. They come back, and Vince gives him the thumbs up, which may not sound like much, but if you could have seen the look on Dolph's face... It, it was you knew that was the world that was like getting told, hey amen, you're going to be the starting first baseman on the Yankees like he had he had to know he had to know and Freebird probably smartened him up Michael Hayes. Uh, he was a former wrestler and my, one of my bosses at WWE and I love the man and he was always so brutally honest with the talent (laughs) and with me too man but i i love that kind of stuff because he just he had no filter but he had to have smartened Dolph up as well to say hey you're about to get a run which he did he became the world heavyweight champion and he's not the biggest dude he's a legit wrestler though i mean he went to college at kent state and he had the most wins in the college's history i think until just recently like in the last three years where they had some phenom dude that was like a high level in the nc2a wrestling i don't remember the guy's name but i feel like nick shouted him out so he he was legit but i'm taller than nick he's way more swole than me but as far as like bigness his frame isn't that big right so they put the word the gold belt for those who don't they have two belts they have the the raw one on monday night raw that was like their big one and then they had the gold belt with the red rubies That they were a little more, they gave a little more latitude with as far as who who could wear that belt. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but we just did. It doesn't matter. So he gets this title, and they gave him the title twice. He was a two-time world heavyweight champion. Check this out. He won the Intercontinental Championship, I think maybe five, six, seven times. He won the United States Championship, I think twice, maybe even three times. If you want to count FCW stuff, he was a tag team champ there. But I'm just talking about the two main shows. And then just recently, the NXT champion, which is the WWE's Tuesday night show where they have a lot of more of their developmental talent. But every once in a while, they'll bring a veteran guy or girl in to help them work and to help give them some veteran experience instead of just working with other young people who are still learning and developing their craft. And they sort of get more of that pedigree sort of a uh, big time TV experience, which is necessary from the name Dolph Ziggler, which is just like, all right, you're about to run the hundred meter dash. All right, cool. Let me smash you in the knee with this Louisville slugger real quick. Whack and kush, go. So he's off to a slow start, right? Cause they hit him right in the knee but, and you have to run or, or you never get to run track again. So everybody lanes one through seven, are all way ahead of him in the first quarter. And here comes Dolph Ziggler limping. He's not even limping. He's hopping the first quarter. It's, we'll say it's the 400 meters. So the first hundred, he's he's hopping. He can't even put weight on it. Second hundred, he gets that limp like when your kids hurt, but they still want to play. Third one, he's gaining on him, And in the fourth one, apparently he's the Wolverine and feels no pain and not only beats all of them, but laps them and wins a World Heavyweight Championship two times with... Albatrosses around his neck. Only the people who paid attention in in high school literature will remember that reference. But literally, an albatross, an anchor, a a, a lead weight with a chain, like Bugs Bunny in the prison yard, and he became a two time world champion. I have so much respect for this dude for all his championships. Oh, and one random side note: you can probably see it on YouTube. Type in "Dolph electrocutes Cardona." Swerved. It was the name of a show they did on their WWE network when it first debuted from the Jackass producers. And it's, I'm going to spoil it, but it's no spoiler because it's hysterical. I've watched it a million times. They did the electric stool bit, and Dolph is pretending to host a WrestleMania bit. The most electrifying moments in WrestleMania history. Now, you have wrestlers who call themselves the most electrifying sports entertainer. That was The Rock. So it's a common phrase, not one that you would be suspicious of. And so as the host, Dolph has the clean seat, the one that's not going to fry your buns. And all the guests that he brings in that day to talk about their their favorite electrifying WWE moments, they're on the hot seat, and they're all going to get zapped. And he has different people in there, and it's always funny. And he's he's cracking up, and his laugh is just it makes you laugh no matter what. And then in comes Matt Cardona, who is currently the independent wrestling darling of the universe and he's the nicest guy in the world, and he fell for this, and I felt so bad that I vowed to help him get revenge on you golf. He sits Matt down and he talks about his most the, the most electrifying moment of wrestling Zap, and he. Oh! And he looks at Dolph and he goes, what, what? And Dolph, look, he goes, what, what happened? He goes, did you? And Dolph's like, what, what, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, man, that's, oh, that was crazy. And Dolph goes, there's probably someone in his ear saying, try to do it again, try to do it again. And Dolph goes, all right, well, are you okay? You want to try this again? And he, yeah, okay, okay. And he puts his hand on the seat. Nothing happens. He sits down. I go, okay, from the top? Yeah, from the top. Okay, welcome. It's Dolph Ziggler, and we're talking about the most electrifying moments in WrestleMania here with Matt Cardona. Matt, what do you got for me? Well, bro, you know, it's uh, probably one of the most... Oh, my God! And Dolph is dying. Like, he's falling off the stool, dying. And Matt's looking at the stool, and he's looking at Dolph. And because he got electrocuted, you know, the synapses in his brain are firing, right? This is the second time. So... Where you are in my head's go is the viewer's like, dude, how do you not know? Remember, the man's been electrocuted twice. He's in shock. He's suffered trauma. He sits down a third time. I will not spoil the third shock for you. I want you to witness it on YouTube or the WWE Network on Peacock. They don't pay me to say that. Or wherever you want to go view that video, but please watch it. Hit me up. We're also, guys, we're going to do an episode coming up that is uh, Ask is Ask Freddy. And we'll have a hashtag out there. So follow me on social media. You'll see me uh, blasted out there. And I'm going to try to do a whole episode if we get enough good questions. So make sure you got some sweet ones and hit me up. There might be a time period that I've, while I was there that I've forgotten. You might remind me a cool story may come out. I will do my best to remember everyone's name. My producer's going to help me out with that. So uh, so yeah, so get ready for that episode coming up too. I hope you guys liked today's episode. Catch up if you're just now getting with us. I have tons with awesome guests. I have tons of stories for my time there. I hope you guys had a good time listening. I will see you this Wednesday and every Wednesday right here on Wrestling with Freddie. See you next week. Peace. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property cuando booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Tengo diabetes.
3: Yo, asma. Estamos Estamos en riesgo riesgo de contraer contraer la la neumonía
1: neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más. Estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa llama al 1-8-5-5-2-1-3-2-1-3-8, o visita en español.com.
3: At Pet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365.